It was all a pipe dream Watching body boarding up on TV Deep at reef, watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah, we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe Buying Riptide Eating shit pipe G'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast, the home of bodyboarding. Thank you for joining us on episode 40 of our Verbal Journaling, and I'm your host, Luke O'Connor. Okay, today's guest is a man who hails from the most southern state of Australia, disconnected by sea, and is just living the most purest of life down there on um, the segregated state of Tasmania. He's a lord in so many aspects and he's just an all-round good bloke to be around. He legitimately paddles into waves that people would be paddling over. Let's just put it that way. And he has spent so many hours behind the wheel clocking up destinations after destinations after destinations of amazing surf spots. I just want to introduce Sam Thomas to the potty. How are you, my bro? Oh, mate, pretty. how could you not be good after that little introduction? That was that was very kind. Thanks, mate. <laughs> no dramas, my bro, no dramas. Um, you know, I'll probably just let everyone know now so we can get rid of our um, in, in-house jokes, but this will be the second take. Me and Sam had just been recording for almost 20 minutes. Or maybe even more. Who fucking knows? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, had a bit of a, had a bit of a glitch. So this is take two on uh, Luke's Lounge. All right, we're back. We're back. We're back, baby. So, bro, <laughs> um, I just really want to thank you for coming on the potty. It's been a long time coming, and I wanted to get started with talking about your upbringing in Tassie, Sammy, and what it's been like being a Tasmanian from the get go, and you know, learning your craft in some of the most treacherous waters in the world so to speak well i mean i mean growing up tassie's been sick like i was actually i was actually born in launceston but luckily i only lived there for like one or two years before we moved down south which i think was a great thing because growing up there there would have been not many options of surfing or anything like that i probably wouldn't have even got into it but yeah we moved down south and ended up um you know like settling in living in taruna um which was like a little seaside town kind of near like 15 minutes out of Hobart. It was a real nice like beach area. No waves or anything, but I went to like Taruna High School and Taruna Primary. And like, yeah, I guess growing up by the water down there was awesome. And then, I don't know, probably like 13 or so, my dad knew um, some people from his work who who surfed. So then we kind of just met them and sort of got into it through that and started heading down just to like, I don't know, just like the local beaches like Clifton or, yeah, like maybe Roaring Beach as well. And just like me, dad, me and my dad and my brother Cohen um, would just go down there. It's like a day trip and, you know, just like go for a muck around on the boogs or dad was sometimes on the stick. But, yeah, I guess it kind of just started from there and we just started going on adventures maybe as we got a bit older. And, yeah, but, I mean, growing up down here has just been awesome. It's like such a beautiful place of the world and um you know it's getting a little bit busier now but you know for the majority of my you know time here you can always seem to find like a little spot to yourself or you're just with your mates and yeah and it's just so beautiful the landscape is amazing you know sort of sometimes you have to leave the island and then come back to the island to be like oh yeah shit now I kind of see it again. Sometimes you get a little bit complacent with how beautiful it is. But, yeah, once you've gone on a trip and you come back, you're like, oh, yeah, no, nah, Tassie's really epic. So epic. And the way you fly into the airport there at Hobart too and you come in so so low to the water and you just hit land at that last second, um, yeah, that, that's one thing I'll always remember about going to Tassie by a plane. Done it by car, by, um, by the... The Spirit from um, the Melbourne Docks to, yep. is it Devonport or Launceston? Devonport, that's the one. It's Devonport, eh? Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, but every time by plane, it's always such a nice view coming in. It's just, yeah, swoop back around and, and come straight up the guts of it. It looks so cool. And that's it's it. so weird to see, man. Like, you know, my brother highlighted this to me. He's got a place down in Hobart and, um, you know, he spent the last couple of years down there just doing the place up and, you know, having a sea change and stuff. And, and he noticed that, like, 
you know, those rain shadows uh, are so prominent, like with the West Coast can be so lush and, you know, everything on that side of the mountain range is is all time. And then you get more towards Hobart side and there really are a lot of dry areas just because all that moisture gets gobbled up by the the mountains on the the leeward west side. It's it's psycho. Yeah, that west coast is like so green and like yeah, luscious and thick and yeah, so much untouched wilderness down there. It's crazy how much it rains down there too. Yeah. Do do you ever um want to get a boat or a ski or anything around down there? Like, are there any waves that you've wanted to hunt out around the west coast? Oh, there's there's yeah, definitely some amazing spots down there. You probably wouldn't really want to ski you'd need like a good boat just because it's so rugged and like such a dangerous coastline you'd want a you know an expensive big boat like a big i don't know almost like an ab diver's boat or something that's going to be sturdy you can sleep on you could go down there for you know a week or so and spend a bit of time exploring i think that'd be the way to do it if you know i mean you can walk but you're looking at seven days sometimes to get to the spots you want to get to which is just Something I can't even comprehend. <laughs> Seven day hike. Oh, like you know, there's you can walk for as long as you want. And you'll find more and more spots down there. But yeah, it's it's just you know, it's a lot of lot of effort and like to plan that far ahead as well. It's just yeah, it's a, it's a big mental game. I think. Have you heard of anyone ever getting lost in the forest down there? Um, no, I mean I haven't really. I'm sure that has happened, but. The people that I know that have gone down there, they're pretty, pretty prepared and you know onto it. But I'm, I'm sure it's happened before. Yeah, it'd have to obey. Like I just yeah. think about, you know, even maybe on the track down to Shippies. I know that's a, a shorter <laughs> one, but like, man, you could definitely take a couple of wrong turns and and not find your way back. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it could definitely happen. Luckily, it hasn't <laughs> happened to me yet. I mean, it might sometime in the future. But, yeah, at the moment, I've sort of always been able to find my way back to the car, which is good. Oh, mate, I reckon you'll always have your sense of direction down there. The amount of waves <laughs> you've, you've taken on down there, I think the track's the least of your worries. Speaking, <laughs> yeah, well. Speaking about the waves, man, like, you know, what is the mindset down there for you and what drives you to continually catch, like, Fuck off big waves down there. Like, fuck off big waves. <laughs> They're not always not always like that. I guess you just see the ones that are, you know, got a little special element to them or not. But, I don't know, I guess you're always just out there trying to, as fucked as it is, you, you know, you always go down there and you're like, oh, I want to get this kind of wave and if I get that wave, I'll be really happy. And then, you know, you you get that one and then, you're frothing for a bit and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe we could get a better one than that one. And you're always just out there trying to search for something that maybe you haven't got yet, which is not always the best mindset, but I think the, you know, it's such a special wave that, you know, miracles can happen out there and, you know, you could get the right entry on an even bigger one and make it. And I guess you're just kind of out there hoping for a miracle every now and then. And have you ever had those miracles just shut down on you as they've opened up for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've definitely had a a fair few floggings out there, but I think you kind of have a, like, you kind of know when you're going to get flogged, kind of taking off going, "Mm, I don't feel good about this one. But then (laughs) there is some times when you're like, you know, it's it's touch or go, what's going to happen? And then, you know, it all lines up and you're in the right spot and, you know, the ocean open up, up, opens up around you and you come out into the channel and those moments are pretty special. But, um, yeah, definitely been a fair few floggings. Yeah. <laughs> Ser- fair few floggings searching for the one. <laughs> yeah, searching for that diamond in the rough. I know you got to, yeah. Um, yeah, you, you got to make a couple of mistakes or crack a couple of eggs to make an omelette, as they say. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Dude, have you ever had a moment where the horizon – you know, the horizon at Shippies whilst in the lineup has just gone black and you've frozen and not wanted to catch the next set wave? Oh, 100%. There was this day, it was probably five, six years ago now, and it was a really big day, like big period, and just the swell was like angry. 
And like, I don't think I caught like, I think I caught like maybe one or two waves the whole day. Mitch Rawlings was out there that day. Um, Harley and Charles and there was a few other, there was lots of people towing, but not many people paddling. And it was just, it just wasn't user friendly, like just super, super angry and heavy. And there was such a big period. It was so steppy and just felt like, oh, you could easily just fuck up and die here because the waves were coming through and there was just so many like in a row after. So if you got the first one and fucked up, there's going to be like another five behind it. Um, <laughs> and anyway, I was like, it, Harley got a bomb that day and he that was probably the best, easily the best bodyboard wave caught that day, but not many other people got any good ones. And everyone sort of left, like all the skis left, um, everyone got in. And me and Charles were out there kind of just still searching for that one, but the sun was starting to set. It was kind of going like golden light. And then, as you said before, like just this set came through and the first one was like, you know, 12 foot plus and we'll just paddle over that one. Then behind that, there was like a 15 foot and we'll just sort of scratching to get over that. And then behind that one, there was like, at 20 footer and then we got over that one and then behind that one how did was... you get over the 20 footer what did it feel like going well, over that 20 footer i swear even after that there was an even bigger one me and charles were the only people out there there was no boats or anything we were just like it was bigger than 20 foot it was just it looked like the whole bay was going to close out and we we're just like paddling towards you know south as fast we could just like we've got to get over this thing it's so fucking scary and we got over it and just like looked back and it literally looked like it closed out to cape brow and me and charles just looked at each other we're like we've got to get the fuck out of here like this is not this is tapped and we just paddled in and i was like so scared just like it was just so big that if you just were on the inside of that wave or didn't quite make it over like it potentially just could have been game over yeah, yeah, there's that much water. Like, I mean, I, I've only surfed um, shippies once, and the time that I was down there, uh, a lot of people were towing. There was only uh, me, this Lockie fella, who is good mates with Shane Ackman. I can't remember his last name. I think it's yeah. Lockie. Ah, he's an absolute legend. Anyway, he's a, he's a, he's a diver, and Russ Bjork came out um, to paddle for a bit and then yeah. ended up getting on the tow rope with Kip, and they were getting some good ones. and. Mm. It was, by the end, um, like I was just like so unnerved that Russ stopped paddling because you know he's one of the best paddle surfers in the world for sure. And I was just like, "Fuck, that's not good." And I let it get in my head too much, and I think I only caught like three waves that day, man. Um, yeah. Only two that actually made any sense, and one that was good, like no, I said I got a good barrel on, got flipped on the end, so I didn't make it, but it was a good view and whatever. And the other one was just blatant closeout, but um, the one I uh, the one I duck dive through, you know, it was just explaining. It was was almost um, you you were just explaining that just then in your in your story in regards to the, you know, the fifteen, twenty, twenty five foot whatever it was like that. This wall that I duck dive through, I've never felt so much energy in my life and like couldn't couldn't comprehend how like unbridled it was because it was just so raw. Like there was no landmass refracting that energy in any way, shape or form. Like it's just come up from this deep black Southern ocean water that just houses some of the most fucking mythical creatures in the world. <laughs> yeah, it probably the does. Freshest water, bro. Like from the freshest wind from the roaring forties. And you just know that like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a special place, but it's also like, a life ending place, you know, like th- there's so much energy down there. Like it's, it's, there's nothing stopping that energy. It's just fucking mother nature. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's definitely, I, hope, I mean, the other week there was, um, there's a, you obviously would have heard of James and Tyler Homacross, the stand up surfers for, um, yeah, like James, James's son Harry, they were down there on like a pretty big day. The wind was kind of junky and, yeah, Harry got towed into a bomb by James, and um, I wasn't down there that day. It wasn't a very like paddle friendly day, but yeah, he got towed in, and I think it just it was a like pretty big one. And it just washed down on him, and yeah, like got like a two wave hold down and came up blue, and yeah, it was pretty. Stuart won it every year. Began the movement. Damien King, what up, King? When he's told. Yeah, so. I mean, you were just saying how it's sort of life or death, and I thought, oh, maybe I'd touch on the topic. The, yeah. Um, that, like, recently, oh, I was probably, you know, two two or so weeks ago now, there was um, 
there's the Holmacross brothers, um, James and Tyler. And James Holmacross was down there with his son, Harry. And, um, yeah, it was like a big, big day down there. I think a few mainlanders have flown down for it. But it was pretty – the wind wasn't ideal. Like, it was kind of cross-shore and pretty bumpy. It had never been clean overnight. So a lot of the waves were sort of chandeliering and washing down, which is not – like, you kind of want everything to be in your favour down there, not against you. So – I don't know, uh, but yeah, though James had towed Harry into this bomb, and um, yeah, it was probably looking like a good one at the start, and then it just washed down, and you know, it all crumbled down on him. And I think from what I've heard, like it, he got he didn't pop up before the second wave got him, and then you know the second wave landed on him, and then I think they had to like yeah put him on the ski, and like apparently he was you know. Um, not in a good way, yeah, like it was pretty pretty touch and go. I don't know how much detail I can really go into, but yeah, it was pretty scary. Got rushed to the hospital and yeah, I think it was definitely an eye-opener for a lot of people down there because it can be, um, you know, pretty blasé down there. I mean, it has been for many years, like people just be, you know, going hell for leather and there's people on the boats like sinking beers and up to no good and everyone's just like frothing out but also just, Everyone's a bit, I don't know, just like not maybe conscious of where everyone is in the lineup at what certain times. Like someone will just be like, oh, booger. And like the booger will just go and get absolutely flogged and then they'll just disappear for 40 minutes and no one even knows they've gone kind of thing. It's probably been like that for a long time. But I think maybe this little incident that happened the other day might, you know, hopefully, yeah, it might change things a bit and yeah, everyone maybe looks out for each other a bit more and hopefully make it, you know, just make it in the back of your mind, maybe make it a little bit safer when you're down there. You won't feel as, yeah, like it'll be a good thing, I think. Yeah, it must be hard for you guys to watch that actually, you know, especially you surfing it so, so much over the last decade or so, like seeing different people come and go and just treating it more as like a a victory lap than a, you know, real serious, um, a real serious challenge, you know, you're challenging yourselves going out there. It's not for glory. It's for, it's for the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always like, I mean, last year there was some busy swells and like lots of um, people from all around the world came down and it was cool to watch them surf and stuff, but we're kind of hoping like at the end of, there was sort of three swells in a row that were like almost three weeks apart and they were all really good, but, they were on the charts for like a week. So, you know, people booked flights and they were quite busy every time. We'll kind of hoping like after the last busy day, the, the Tassie crew would just get like one swell that tour, you know, without anyone else coming down. And it just never happened. And it hasn't really happened since that last busy day when Nathan Florence was down. There just hasn't been that day. And no doubt now when it comes, it'll be busy again. But we were kind of hoping that we might get just a little sneaky one but there is so many little sneaky windows but they're just yeah few and far between (laughs) and also sneaky windows is different when you can just rock up in the car park and maybe have to walk 10 or 15 minutes but when you're walking two hours in or you've got to get a boat trip around or a ski or whatever like logistics come into play you can't just pop out there where the wind goes good yeah that's it and like you know the amount of times we have gone down and tried to check for those little windows like Maybe only three out of ten times, you know, they pay off. You sort of get a little bit over just going down on a whim and then everyone else gets a bit like, oh, I can't be bothered, doesn't look legit. And, you know, we've all been down there so many times when it's not quite on, it just kind of not leaves a sour taste in your mouth, but you're just like, oh, you know, it's hard to get the motivation sometimes when you've been let down a few times on those borderline swells and just kind of waiting for a proper one. Lee says a good pub on the way home, eh? Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's the Denali pub or you can go to the um, – if you do score shippies, it's always nice to go to the new Beena one. That's got a good feed there. Like the, I think it's the new Beena um, RSL That one's pre- or the Retired Services Club or something. That one's epic. Fox and Hounds oh. used to be good, but I think it's kind of gone a bit downhill now. But, I mean, anywhere that serves cold beer after shippies, is, they're already winning. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And talking it. about talking about cold beer, talk about West End Draft to me, Sam. <laughs> talk about West End Draft. Mate, one of the 
worst beers to drink warm, but <laughs> um, bloody good to drink cold after it. Surf out in the dust with your mates, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess it's a bit of a piss take, to be honest, because it's definitely not the best beer. Like, I remember drinking West Ends, because you can only get them in South Oz. I remember drinking them flat out in South Oz. And then I'd never been to WA before. This was on my trip around Oz, and I got to got to Norseman. And I was just always seeing those emu exports in clips, just to, like, I was like, I wonder what they taste like. And, yeah, got to Norseman, I'm like, oh, Put the West End out the window, not out the window, but you know, chuck that can in the back and tried the the export, and um, I think they're definitely a lot less metallic than the the West Ends, a lot smoother and easier to drink. <laughs> <laughs> metallic, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it's almost giving that aftertaste where it's burning your insides. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's it. Ladies and gents, I just you know me, me and Sam are laughing about his most recent clip where he used the West End um, beer ad as a parody, and it, it's called West End Two, and it's one of my favourite clips, and I always reference it to him every time I see him. He's probably over <laughs> every time I speak about it, but I'm going to play for you the audio at the start of this clip, and um, if you haven't seen it already, go have a look see on YouTube because fuck it made me laugh. <laughs> right, let me get it up. All right. Oh, mate, I've got a big smile on my face. Gee, that brings back some good memories. <laughs> oh, bro, so you guys filmed that purely in the des? Yeah, I, was, I had this idea because I did the the one a couple of years before and I was been looking on YouTube and I'm like, oh, this one. I'd had it in my mind for a couple of years. I'm like, this, this would be really fun to, you know, do with a couple of mates. But the first time I was out there, it was just me and my um, girlfriend at the time, Ree, and it was just like we – you know, I'm not, I can't, I don't know any other people do this with, but I went out with my brother and Ben that year and I'm like, we have to film this, this clip. And I, they're like, oh, it's going to be so much effort. And it was on our last day out there. And I was like, no, nah, like we're pretty hungover. I'm like, no, we have to do this today. And uh, well, as soon as we got into it, it was actually real fun to film for sure. Yeah. Cause it looked like you were just cruising around deserted des somewhere, just drinking piss and driving the Forby, laying out swags. Like it looked like a hell of a time. Oh mate, so so many like retakes, so a lot of beers got drunk filming it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, and what made you choose that that song and that parody? Like when you saw it, like why did it resonate so much with you? Oh, if you watch the original ad, I don't know. It's just it was just something. I don't know. Something about that song was catchy, and I just thought, oh, that could go well to a surf clip, and I. Obviously, um, oh, we'll talk about this before, I think, when we accidentally forgot to record it, but I loved um, back in like college making like movies and um, liked media studies and just something about, you know, making like a little film clip like that, even if it's only like a fucking piss take of a beer out with your mates, you know, it just, just brings me joy, like editing something funny like that, you know, it's just good. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. You just get a kick out of it? Yeah, I mean, it's just fun to, like, have an idea and be able to, like, maybe, you know, somewhat recreate it and, yeah, put it, you know, put the pen to paper and bring it out, something that kind of works, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Did, did you get good feedback on that clip? Because, man, like, I I loved it, like the surfing and the parody. But, you know, the surfing being the main shit and the parody, just the icing on top, some of the waves that you scored there, especially, um, yeah, especially the big bad, right that everyone wants to get like it's, it's legit <laughs> yeah i mean definitely i'm sure it made a few people laugh but i think 
as sad as it is to say, I think, you know, Clips uh, kind of a bit of a dying thing. Like, you know, you spend a couple of years working on an edit and like sometimes say, yeah, they don't go as well as you'd hope, but then like you can just chuck one, one fucking raw clip on Instagram and it will, you know, get heaps more views and, uh, and a clip that you've put, you know, years of blood, sweat and tears into, not, not exactly blood, sweat and tears, but you know, you've, you know, gathered all these clips for a couple of years, chased all these swells and you make this sick edit that you spend hours editing and, you know, I think people's attention fans kind of just gone up shit creek these days with how much shit they see on Instagram and stuff. And yeah, like no one really has the time to watch clips these days, I think. Yeah, the black we, little rectangles fucked us all, bro. It's amazing. It it's, it's it's actually amazing you, you you bring that up because only about a week ago, me and um, my wife, Laws, were discussing how YouTube now has almost reels that like once you finish no. the clip, they're starting to go into the real sensation because they almost know that that format, that 30 seconds or 45 seconds or 15 seconds is the perfect amount of attention to keep us engaged as in mm. to laugh or to be scared or to, to love and then move on to something else. And you can't actually set your mind to anything because you're just so scattered with all these thoughts and we're getting, we're getting overloaded with information every fucking day. So, you know, it's, if you don't capture some, capture someone in the first 10 seconds with something outrageous, then it doesn't matter how good all the shit is in there, you know, like it's just, it goes to waste. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I guess that's kind of, I mean, maybe if your clips like absolutely mind blowing, then it definitely will. But yeah, like, it was so sick back in the day, you know, watching like clips that everyone was making, making in like DVDs that used to come out. And yeah, it's it's kind of sad that it's not, I mean, there's still people doing it like, you know, Hoffy made Coned and, um, you know, I'm sure there's a few more book movies coming out, but yeah, it's sad to, you know, I think I'll still continue to always make internet clips and stuff, but it's, um, yeah, it's sad that people's attention spans getting lower and lower with Instagram and like, People just want those little, you know, 10-second clips instead of, like, the five-minute clips. But, Man, it's sickening, eh? But, you know, it's always so nice to be able to make a clip and, you know, do at least as long as, like, you're happy with it, then it doesn't really matter anyway. So as long as you've yeah, got something that you can look back on and be, you know, like, even if it's only just for yourself to watch, like, it's nice to be able to edit something and make a little movie, I guess. For sure, and to be content on, you know, your own ability to ride a wave and the times and memories you spent with others, you know, doing what you love. Like, it's so much cool things that go with it. It's not just Insta-fame, but, you know, it's funny. It's one of the first topics we talk about because it's so prevalent in all of our fucking lives. Yeah, it's it's kind of hectic. But, um, fuck, also it's like, oh. I need to get better with like my hard drives and shit. Like it's, you feel kind of safe when they're on YouTube because it's like, oh, that probably won't get deleted. But then you hear of people getting like, you know, stuff being hacked and or you lose your hard drive and it's like, yeah, it's, it's scary when you think you could lose all those, you know, memories and stuff. Not that you, you're going to forget them, but, you know, sometimes it's nice to have a little clip on YouTube that you can go back and see and go, oh, yeah, I have actually got some good ways in my time. Because sometimes yeah. you just forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like a digital memory. I go back over photos a year ago and I've forgotten that time already, you know? Like yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah, they definitely do do serve a purpose. But it also can be like hollow at the same time, hey, like looking back and being you know, egocentric towards certain things that you've done or like, you know, being too stoked on it all and realizing that you're nothing but like a grain of sand in this huge fucking vast vacuum that we all live in, you know. Like oh. I sometimes think to myself, yeah. they say that there's more stars in the universe than grains of sand on sands on all of our beaches in the world. And I'm just thinking like, what? So then like how many grains of sand are just on – Roaring Beach, like you mentioned beforehand, where like, you know, that's a huge expansive beach with heaps of sand. How many stars does that represent in the universe? And then think about all the other beaches on the world and think about those stars. Yeah, it's something I love to think about, but also 
you can't go too deep into it because I reckon you'll start. It'll be a slippery slope. Oh man, you'll slip down and you'll probably <laughs> never come back out, eh? Like down the funnel yeah. and into the acid of just yeah, mind melting thoughts. Yeah, it's it's nice and also very scary to think about. But yeah, so true. Like it's so bloody small in this huge planet. I just one day hope we find out that we're not the only ones. That's what I kind of hope. But yeah, we'll yeah, that'd be amazing. Hey, mm. it would be amazing to be able to to say that there there is other life out there. I was there. Mm. Do you think there, there, there is? Like, I kind of think there has to be. It's just, like, hard to put your finger on it. Again, without any real encounters myself, it just seems like there should be, you know? Yeah, I mean, I believe there is. I don't know if, like, we'll ever get seen, but I also think it would be so sad if, like, we were the only people and then once we're gone, like, that's it, I think. It's just a nice thought to think there is something else out there and humans aren't the only thing on this planet. Well, obviously, we've got animals and stuff as well, but, yeah, it'd be nice to think there was a few other things going on up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so true. I often wonder it. And often sometimes wonder that, you know, is all this talk about aliens at the moment almost a way to possibly, um, you know, like, skew it all or maybe like pull the veil over our eyes in certain different ways to just say hey look this way while we do something else the other way like it's a bit weird the government's now saying or the american government at least that they're you know they've had encounters with aliens and they're trying to spark up a bit of like hysteria like you've had encounters yeah yeah they've actually come out the cia's come out and said that they've had encounters with extraterrestrial life or whatever they call it um but they're not willing to talk about where or when or whatever, they're just letting us know that there is. Um, well, yeah. How recent? How recent yeah. is that? In the last three to six months, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I did actually maybe hear that. You know, re- release some files from something, but that's yeah, that's wild. They can just like do that and then not not go into any more detail. That kind of. Yeah, yeah like show us <laughs> some photos, man. Show us like you know maybe an artifact or. A, recording or whatever like yeah yeah so supposedly there's been heaps of um talk about it recently because the air force um has repeatedly seen um unidentified objects that um obviously can't be identified in the air when they're doing their training drills and stuff and they're like they call them tic tacs or you know these crazy drones where um oh sorry one second i think my my missus set off the smoke alarm. Oh, no. I think I could hear that. Man, I thought, are sure it's not aliens coming in? No. <laughs> it just started to beam me up, eh? Hey. Uh, oh, yeah, dude. The... <laughs> yes. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, no. I was just going to say that I finally got a recording we could release to the public of alien life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finally give them some sort of fucking evidence. But, yeah, yeah. The, um, the the Air Force, supposedly, we've seen these things that Tic Tacs are... Um, drones or whatever they are, um, but they they're moving at like the speed of sound, and they're dropping down to like from like three hundred feet in the air down to like one foot in the air within milliseconds, and hovering above the water. And they're like these cube-looking things that don't have any um, wings on them or don't have any um, uh jets or anything like that like it's just all propulsion like it's yeah crazy shit man yeah it's pretty pretty mind-blowing i've definitely seen some clips on youtube like yeah you're just like oh i mean you never know what to believe these days because everything's so easily like to be you can everyone knows their way around a bloody computer these days they can make stuff look so real but yeah i'm sure like some of it is real and you just it'd be hard to decipher what is and what isn't but yeah it's pretty mental for sure, those kind of videos you see. It is mental, but you're so right. The CGI and just all the different animations and the way they can make everything look so real life, even the Photoshop qualities and stuff, like you just can't tell the difference anymore. Like yeah. even, even on Instagram or, or um, Twitter or, you know, wherever you, you do your social metering or, or be a social person online, like there's so many bots, man. There's so many computers just acting as a, as a, as an individual that you're supposed to be interacting with. Like it's, I, I can still pick them up every now and again now, but they're going to get to a stage where, 
like chat GTP where you just will not be able to even decipher between the two. Like it'll just all be the same dialogue and they'll just be like knowing how to, you know, even by just all the data that's collected on you now, like to be able to mimic your every action and thought in certain ways. Like it's, it's going to be fucking scary. We're going into a really unique time. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I read somewhere online the other day that they, they said, like, I don't know whether it was Microsoft or something like that had this like AI controlled robot. And apparently he, he or she or whatever it is expressed to, um, you know, the, the people that it was looking that were looking after it or had control of it that he wanted to be free. It was just like, oh God, what are we doing? <laughs> Terminator's gonna be real within the next five years, surely. Bro, it's starting, yeah. Like, you know, um what was that movie Will Smith was in? I am legend. Uh, yeah, I am legend, exactly. That stuff is coming for sure. I think I I posted something on Instagram the other day of a um of a robot police dog in New York and they just deployed them around certain parts of New York as um like neighborhood watch and of what? Just, yeah, like sorting things out, like you know, if there was a someone that had um snatched a lady's handbag or someone who was parking illegally or dealing drugs or something, they could then record them, issue them with fines or get coppers down there like a alert physical ones to, to or like human sorry to be physically present like yeah it's it's all common eh yeah robot police dogs that sounds pretty scary actually <laughs> i know i know and there's no laws around all this stuff either yet or there's trying to be laws being passed in regards to ai and and different algorithms and and how you know it affects society and how government plays a part with it but it's all it's all a bit muddy eh like it's all a bit it's all a bit weird. It's just like, is it happening so quickly that we don't even know what is actually going on? Like, you know, for example, how much has technology played a part in blowing out wave spots in the last five to 10 years? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's done a lot of damage. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like it's, it's been, yeah, it's, it's been rapid fire for so long, but, uh, you, you can't blame people these days. Like it's so accessible. You live off your phone. Like when you're out there, it almost feels foreign now to be away from your phone. So it's kind of just like constant uploads, constant lives. Like even Nathan Florence, for example, you mentioned him before about shippies. He surfed the island only a week and a bit, a week and a half ago. And um, he said it was out like within 36 hours and it was just mind blowing. But you know, people would sit on that for certain periods of time, but then people then know then, oh, he's, you know, he's got his finger on the pulse. That spot was pumping a day and a half ago. These are the charts, blah, 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 blah. Like it's all just, you can't help it. Yeah, I think the live upload shit's probably one of the worst things that you could do as a surfer, I reckon. Like at least give it, you know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's so bad. People that just c- come down and just live upload spots. I don't know. Maybe it's the Tassie thing, but when people live upload shifties, everyone's like, what the fuck? Not that, you know, everyone knows what it works on now, but same thing. Like, you know, if you go to the desert or something, you don't want to live upload spots. Like, that's just it's just a bad thing to do, I reckon. But, I mean, I mean, certain spots, it's already so blown out, it probably doesn't even matter. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely against the live upload kind of thing. Yeah, fucking oath, man. Yeah. Like especially, um, especially when people are still working during the day or could get off or like come down. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I know. That's it. But I think, you know, everything's geared differently like these days, you know. For example, TikTok and, and, and all those kind of different media um, outlets like that, that's – they want the freshest thing. They want the newest thing. They want the, the, the live action there. And then like even going live on Instagram, like it's such a, yeah, true. Yeah. Such a saturated world. eh? everyone wants it now. <laughs> now, man. Now it's like sex sells, <laughs> eh? action sells. Yeah. That's it. It's not happening right now. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> if did, did you take a photo? Oh, it didn't happen. Oh, well, that, that is kind of, well, yeah, sad but true. <laughs> no, man. It's like, 
If you heard a sound, I know, what do they say about that? Saying like, you know, if a tree does, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? If you could, like, do you know what I mean? Or like, can you, yeah, I can't remember what the saying is. I fucked that up. You lost me there, mate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know, I I know, I know what you mean. I know where you're heading. Yeah, 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 yeah. I fucked it though. I wish I could deliver that a little bit better. That was such a, that's such a, yeah. Anyway, man, but, um, dude, back to Bergen because we fucking digress because of my ramblings. But, um, have you got any more, you know, we'll, I think we're talking about in the, previous body um you've you've got a trip coming up to south Oz. what's um what's the game plan there oh i haven't planned too much really just got the boat booked drive um my car over and i've got almost a month so hopefully just yeah camp up at one of the locations and yeah hopefully the surf just get my quota in for the year i always seem to i'd want to try and do at least one trip out there a year just to it's just so good just camping and getting away from everything and hopefully just, yeah, getting some really good waves and forgetting about everything else that's going on in your life for a month. It seems to help a lot, I yeah, think. For sure. Being away for a yeah. month out there, minimal phone reception, just you and the land, a couple of mates, like, fuck, it's, yeah, it's heaven yeah. really to some people. It's scary to some people, but it's it's heavenly to others. Yeah, uh, it's. I'm looking forward to it, mate. It can't can't wait to be honest i was, wasn't sure if i was going to get the leave from work but they end up giving it to me so i was like all right sweet i'm off <laughs> that's so good man keep doing these two because you know there's only so many times you can go back and have that much time off yeah exactly man you got to make the most of it while you can definitely and what's the um what is the itinerary like what's the go like obviously not talking about spots in south Oz, but what's the the like game plan in regards to spending time in certain areas and you know is there any um is there anything you really want to do since going back there like because you've, you've obviously done it a fair few times now yeah well last time we we're there i think we spent more time in the pub than we did at the beach but hopefully that, <laughs> hopefully this time it's more time at the beach less time at the pub that was mainly due to the forecast but yeah hopefully we get um get some good patterns and you know, to spend weeks on end out in the dust. Just yeah, I guess we'll go wherever it looks good. But um, yeah, that's there's no plan. Just hopefully, hopefully the charts line up, and I'm sure the beers will be cold. <laughs> that's all I've got yeah. planned. <laughs> <laughs> the beers are always cold in South Aussie. Fuck, they and, are, the, um, <laughs> and the flies, and the heat, and the and the cold. Like you guys will be going. Um, at definitely. A, the colder time of year. Have you ever had any real nippy moments in the in the swag over there? Oh, last time was a bit of a blunder actually. I fucking had this like everyone had these expensive sleeping mats, and I just bought this like one of those ghetto ones from Kmart that you like blow up like, and I think it lasted all of like one or two nights before one of my um, salmon hooks went through it in the back of the car, and I blew it up, and it would stay like pumped up for like one or two hours and then you'd wake up at midnight just on the on the sand just like <laughs> anyway I ended up fixing it with like a patch repair but I'd only get to like 2 or 3 a.m and then it would still be on the ground so I was pretty rough actually last time I was out there but I've got um a better sleeping mat now and I've just got to fix me tent poles and I should be all right but yeah it's, it gets get, it gets real cold out there in the in in the middle of the night that's for sure fire is definitely essential first thing in the morning yeah. when you're having that coffee yeah yeah build her up the fires are so good out there too but I, I know what you mean about the, the the chilliness like it's so crazy to have a, a hot desert day and then no cloud over at night time, all the heat gets sucked out, and it's just like by two or three in the morning, it is so cold, like bitterly yeah. cold. Yeah, it's crazy. I guess you're just you're so far from any pollution or anything. It's always such a clear night out there. I mean, majority of the time, which is super super cool. But yeah, yeah. I guess and that's what makes it so fucking cold in the middle of the night. For sure, and no heat sources nearby. Like it's so open and barren. It's just like nothing's nothing's keeping heating. Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's a good good place to be. Yeah, it is for sure, for sure. And what, is this your, what, like fifth, sixth time to the Des? Mm, 
maybe, I mean, maybe trip number six or seven, maybe. I mean, when I was on that trip around Oz, I spent like a couple of months there at a time on the way there and on the way back. I kind of lost track, but yeah, I'd probably say maybe six or seven, I reckon sounds about right. Yeah, epic. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a good amount of time. I'm sure there's going to be another couple more notches on your belt the next time we speak, Sammy. Hopefully, yeah. I'm hopefully just keen to surf some fun waves out there, nothing too crazy, but it always ends up certain spots work and you're like, oh, shit, and you find yourself out the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bloody hell. <laughs> Wait, is there, um, is there any other like locations around the world that you've really eyed off as somewhere you want to – sink the teeth and do or somewhere you've just gone i need to go and surf that place i think um me and my brother and my mate cow we've sort of been talking about going to europe and um for a little while now we're sort of all getting into those years where you know before we know it one of us will have a fucking kid or something or you know there's only so many years you can kind of go and do those trips where we so we're planning this trip hopefully to um you know, go to Europe and surf some of those real cold slabs and, yeah, just spend like, you know, six months to potentially hopefully a year just going around Europe and surfing those waves and just seeing what it's like living somewhere else because, yeah, I think you owe it to yourself to do that at least once in your life. Definitely, man. Yeah, that'd be a trip of a lifetime. Did you get much inspiration from Marley Dunn and Ben Betteridge? Oh, yeah. I mean... I've always wanted to go there and I've seen heaps of clips before that, but um, it was so sick to see some fresh like footage from those places. It's like they're just such amazing waves and that clip was so sick and oh, that Riley stuff was just mind-blowing. Such golden light, yeah, and keen to surf those fun waves over there too, like those little air bowl waves. They look look like the dream. I've had a few mates from Tassie that have been over and they're just like, man, you got to do it, so... Yeah, I think we're going to try and make it happen. Wait, Sammy. Yeah, mate. Fuck, I just lost you for the last 10 seconds. What did you say? You were just finishing off? Oh, I was just saying um, they, like that clip they made was so sick and it was like I've seen lots of clips of that, you know, those spots before that were incredible. But, yeah, it was nice to see some fresh footage from that place of the world and like that Riley's footage was just incredible. But I was also keen to go over and surf like those fun, fun rampy waves over there too. They look like the dream and just experience a different landscape. And apparently, yeah, the Irish people are hell fun and good to get on with. I think it's be a sick time. Yeah. Got to be a hell time, man. You're so correct. I've, I've only heard amazing things going back to, you know, watching one of my favourite movies when I was younger, man, the ABC, and watching how Brendo and Crashy and Harry Dixon, Matic, um, they all got on over there just having the time of their lives, you know, mixing yeah. with all the culture over there, as you were saying. And it didn't doesn't seem to, you know, when you're walking down Salamanca and you've got all those cobblestone streets there in Hobart, it doesn't seem too dissimilar to, you know, a sick little – Irish pub you'd walk into on the side and like some alleyway, you know what I mean? It just, um, it's got that, it's got that feel to it. So yeah, you, you, you're so bang on there. And then just the, the waves like, Oh, there's just the quality waves over there. Obviously very tight and wind and weather dependent, but just being there and just staring down at those cliffs and yeah, rolling through green pastures with sheep and, and shale rock and just all the all the weather patterns over there would be so trippy. I'm almost going to start to just just thinking about it. Eh? So, yeah, no, it sounds sounds so magic and yeah, it just looks like you'd have such a good time over there. And if it all links up and you get some good waves as well, like it'll just be a bonus. But I think even just going there and sussing all out would be so good in itself. And I'm sure you know if you're there for long enough, you'd get get some really good sessions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you if you perched up, like those guys got a van and they just kind of they waited it out. Would you like? What's the time frame you guys are looking to go over there? Oh, we're not quite sure. Like, I think you kind of got to go the right time. You don't want to go in the middle of winter; it'll be so fucking cold. And we we're thinking of getting 
get in a van, but there's going to be three of us, and Callum snores so fucking loud. Like, when we were in the desert, like, we'd have to put his tent, like, 100 metres away from us because he was just so loud. So I don't know what how we're going to handle it in the van, but I'm sure when there's a, <laughs> will, there's a way we'll figure something out. But we've got to kind of have a logistical phone call with it, which we've always been so busy lately. We're trying to figure it all out. But, yeah, we're just trying to figure out what time of year and stuff like that, when, when we're going to go and... I don't think you want to be there in the middle of winter. Like, it'd just be so cold. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, like, very stormy. Like, I think, you know, it seems, um, this is talking from someone with no experience, but just observing again and talking to people over there, like, it seems like having, you know, certain autumn and spring swells there is great because the change of season still allows some of those, like, winter weather patterns to be greeted with nicer winds and less onshore shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. I think I've also heard from mates at Counts, you know, when the when the sun's out, like, it livens up around there and, you know, the pubs are open, people are drinking, you know, and then when it's cold and rainy, sort of everyone's just inside. Like, it's kind of similar in Tassie. Like, you just when it's the middle of winter, you're like, I don't want to go out drinking in that weather. Like, I'd rather stay inside. So it'd be good to be there when, you know, you could feel the culture a bit more when people are out and about and having a good time. So we just got to work out, you know, whether we go there first or we go somewhere else where it might be a bit warmer. And, yeah, we've got a few little spots in mind, but we've got to plan out when and where we're going to go first and how we're going to do it. And also, Cohen's loaded. He's, he works in the mines, but I've sort of got to knuckle down and work a bit more. I'm going to have to sell my beloved four-wheel drive. That might be my only source of funds for the trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you don't want to let that thing go. That, what, you nicknamed it Kong, haven't you? Yeah, I have. No, I, I'm hoping um, I don't have to resort to that because it would be nice to have something to come home to. But um, I just think I've got to knuckle down. And it's going to be a lot easier like in the middle of winter in Tassie just to – save up and do a few more shifts but the tassie summer has just been so good i've just haven't wanted to be at work any more than i have to be you know yeah yeah for sure man live it up while the weather's good the sun's shining that's a special thing down there yeah that's it but um yeah i'm sure sure as it gets a little bit colder i'll do the odd extra shift and work a few more public holidays i'm sure i could we can make it happen yeah, well, epic, man. Well, I hope you don't stay out of the water too much and you miss any stern swells because we love seeing all that footage and um, those photos flooding through of you charging some fucked up waves. But, man, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the potty. Enjoyed this chat immensely. Um, you're, you're a very quirky, curious cat, and it's always <laughs> great to, to spin a yarn with you, Sammy. So thank you so much. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Good to chat. Yeah, great to chat, bro. We'll um we'll speak soon, and if I don't speak before you go to the, the Des, enjoy your <laughs> enjoy your alone time. Let's put it that way. Yeah, let's hopefully <laughs> hopefully I am alone in the water from certain things. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. yeah, yeah. Water time, most certainly alone. Desert time, alone with your thoughts. Yeah, that's it, mate. <laughs> All right, cheers, bro. It was all a pipe dream, watching body boarding up on...